Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's be honest, it's not easy thinking about our own death or what might happen to loved ones once we go. But having a will in place is of utmost importance and can save a lot of trouble once we do die. But how do we go about making a will? How does the process work? Well, my first guest this morning has over 15 years experience working with people, helping them draw up a will and guiding them through the process. I'm delighted to be joined this morning by Elaine Burns. She's solicitor with Regan McEntee and Partners in Trim and she's on the line with me now. How are we doing, Elaine? Good morning, Sinead. How are you? And thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm delighted. Oh, listen, it's great to have you. And thank you so much for reaching out because, you know, it's not an easy task to do making will. Uh, You know, it's not easy thinking about what happens when we go. Is this why maybe a lot of people tend to put off making a will? Yeah, look, I think a lot of us, you know, we put it on the long finger. We think, look, it's something we should do, but it's just really easy to put it on the long finger. So today, Sinead, I just really want to, I suppose, say to people, and I think particularly with this dreadful pandemic and also the fact that we have much more time on our hands, you know, that we maybe are thinking about a will a little bit more. And I really just, you know, would like to say to people, look, you know, just take the first step, you know, just think about making your will or if you made a long time a will a long time ago, you know, think about updating it. And it's actually, you'll just have a great sense of relief once it's done and you can put it out of your mind then and you'll just be delighted with yourself. Yes, once it once it's ticked off the list. Now you're doing this over 15 years and you love the job and you're used to seeing people at all stages of life coming to you to have the will drawn up. So this is not something just necessarily for an older person to be doing. No, no, absolutely not. I think it's really important for us all to think about um, making a will irrespective of your age. And I suppose... The, the thing with the will is it only takes effect on your death. So, Sinead, you could make a will, say, today, and, you know, you could change it then in 10 years' time as your circumstances change. And I suppose if somebody passes away without having a will, what happens then is that the rules of intestacy apply. So if we just take an example, so say um, there's a couple, Pat and Mary, and they're married and they have four children. And let's say their assets, they have their family home and joint names. They have a site that Pat bought himself. They have a current account in joint names. And then they have a savings account in Pat's name. So say Pat dies first and he didn't make a will. Mm. So anything in their joint names will go to Mary. That's okay. But what about the site and the savings account there? They That won't automatically go to Mary. So two thirds of it will go to Mary. And the other one third will go to the four children. 
And I suppose the problem is then down the line, you know, Mary will want to sell the site. But you look, invariably, there's going to be a black sheep in the family and yeah. be a little bit awkward. Um, and the other thing I was chatting to you yesterday, the, these rules of intestacy, this act, it was enacted in 1965 when things were so different to how they are today. So, like, if we just took another example, say there's a couple, John and Samantha, and they're together for 10 years, but they're not married and they've two children. So if Samantha died and she didn't have a will, anything in her soul name would go to her two children. So John wouldn't have any automatic entitlement to her estate, which, you know, sounds a bit unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and there are acts, there was an act in 2010, kind of more recent acts, but it means you might have to go to court if John wanted something. So if Samantha just made a will, you know, she could avoid all of that and it would be just so much easier. Well, this is the thing. So, you know, tell me about the process then. How does it all work? So, you know, say, for example, we'll take the example of myself. I'm in my mid 30s. No will yet, Elaine. Not something I was thinking about at all, let me tell you, before you got in touch with me. Um, we have a house, we are married and we've two children. So so talk me through the process. What might happen then? Yes. Yeah, so I would say to, to you, Sinead, so I suppose I'd be in the same category as you. And this is one of the categories of people I'd say it's especially important to make a will. Oh, God, OK. So just, <laughs> so, sorry. So, I suppose, so, I, so myself and my husband, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. So I'm married and I have three little ones. And just God forbid if something happened to us, um, we've a will made and we've appointed a testamentary guardian who would look after the little ones. And then we have um, provided for a trust so that anything we have would be held in trust for them. And just as suppose, you know, if, if something happens and there isn't a will made, like it's really, really difficult because, you know, especially if the children are under 18, they yeah. can't sign anything and it's just so difficult. So, look, if you decide you want to make a will and, um, like I was saying to you yesterday, you know, you can, you know, go on to Google and download something. But, and obviously I'm a solicitor and, and maybe I'd say it, but look, I really think it's not, it's not that expensive. It's not that mm. much trouble. Just, you know, go to your solicitor, make, you know, get it done properly um, and leave everything as right you can for your family. Um, and just, um, obviously, we're in this these really challenging times now, but um, making a will, it is deemed as an essential legal service. So um, so if you wanted to make your will, Sinead, I'd say, look, contact your solicitor and you'd do as much as possible by phone, by email, maybe on Zoom, so just that the physical contact isn't there. Yeah. Um, now, just the only thing, I'm always extra careful, maybe particularly if it's a, a vulnerable person or an older person, I always want to make sure that, you know, there isn't somebody nudging them to to say something or, you know, want to make sure that what they're telling me is their own wishes. So, you know, we're still cognizant of that. Um, and yeah, then, because uh, in that scenario then, like, so say, for example, you know, because uh, this is an area that I'd say a lot of people would, would have questions over. Say, for example, if I'm diagnosed with, um, say, d- dementia or Alzheimer's, um, this can yeah. make things tricky. And say I have no will. So what happens in that situation? So say I come to you and, uh, you know, like some people say in the early stages of dementia, maybe they've just been diagnosed and they've thought about it. OK, I need to go make a will. But obviously they might have a family member with them. So how does that work? Because, you know, are they technically of si- sound mind and body? How does all that work? 
Yeah, so that's that's a really good question. Um, I'm actually um, I'm quite involved with the Alzheimer's Society here. Um, they they do great work. Now I just uh, play a very uh, small part. Um, so um, it's something you know that I'd see a lot. I suppose so. To make a will, the same as any legal document, it's really important that you have capacity to do so. Okay. So if somebody, if you know, you could be at the early stages of dementia, and you you could still have capacity. So I would think. I always say to people, look, if you think you're getting a little bit forgetful or maybe you have an early diagnosis of dementia, get into your solicitor and, and look after everything straight away because I suppose the difficulty is that dementia, you know, it's a progressing um, progressing thing. So if you leave it too late, so if you get to the later stages of dementia, you won't be able to make a will. So time is particularly yeah. of the essence if, if that's the, the situation. Yeah. yeah. And, and tell me then about the power of attorney process because people can nominate power of attorneys when they are in sound mind and body, isn't that right? Yes. So that's um, another thing. So I think, you know, probably lots of us, we know about a will, you know, we mightn't be as familiar um, with this thing and enduring power of attorney. So um, I suppose, again, um, so I can make an enduring power of attorney when I'm well and I can say, you know, if down the line, God forbid, you know, if I get dementia or a stroke or an accident or something. So I, for example, could appoint my husband and he'd then, you know, be able to look after my affairs. And if I don't have an enduring power of attorney, really, there's no easy solution. So, you know, if I, you know, if there was an account in my sole name or say, if you know, the house was in my sole name, you know, my husband wouldn't have authority to access that account or do anything with the house because, you know, it's in my name and I don't have capacity. Okay. So I think an enduring power of attorney, it's a really good thing. And I know um, my, my boss here, Rory McEntee, he likens it to an umbrella that, you know, you go out for your walk, look, you hope it's not going to rain, but you carry your umbrella. And it's, you know, kind of similar with an enduring power of attorney. You make it and look, you hope that it won't ever be needed but just if something does happen, it's a really, really good thing to have. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you've mentioned there, you've kind of touched on it, you know, in terms of um, the downside of the work, uh, your work is that you do see some family disputes breaking out over the contents of somebody's will. This is something as well that you, you do want to kind of avoid by having the will in the first place. But um, what happens then when somebody contests a will? Yes. So, um, yeah, so we were chatting yesterday and, and look, I think all listeners in their experience, you know, or, or even all listeners, look, we've all heard of, you know, the the big, um, the bitter rows. And look, I suppose, you know, behind every file, there's a family and every client, there's um, a person. And I really, I just really feel so strongly that a lot of these could be avoided if there's a really well drafted will. And sometimes, um, you know, a will, it might take, you know, and I suppose particularly, you know, if, if somebody, you know, maybe has a large estate or there's a lot of assets, um, you know, it might take a little bit longer to work on the will, but, um, you know, just to get all the advice and, um, you know, so say, for example, um, you know, with a child, yeah. um, there is um, a section of the Succession Act, it's called Section 117 of the Succession Act, and, um, you know, a child, you know, if they feel that the parent has failed in his or her moral duty, they could um, contest the will on that basis. But um, like I always say to somebody, if, if they're considering contesting a will, it is difficult. And um, I think if the person making the will has got really good advice 
and it's their wishes, you know, that that, you know, those wishes, you know, it, they, they should... Um, Follow them, you know, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. should, um, you know, be respected and... Um, Look, nobody wants to end up in 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 a big family row. No. not in anybody's interest. No, it it really it really isn't. And you know, uh, my limited understanding of, of Jane Powell would say, you know, involve um, you know who we want the house to go to that kind of thing. But it it is a bit more than just dividing up assets, like you mentioned there. You know, in terms of if you did have children, and God forbid, if anything was to happen, that you'd uh, kind of appoint a guardian. Is there other things like that that might be included in the will that's just beyond, say, dividing up assets? Um. Yeah, so I suppose, um, yeah, so say, for example, yourself and myself, we have young children. So our wills, you know, they're going to be more complex because we have a guardian, we have a trust. Um, also, say, if um, so if you have an older, you know, or an adult child maybe with additional needs, you might set up a trust in those circumstances to make provision for that child. Um, another example, I suppose, say if, um, you know, if, I'm, if somebody is separated, um, you know, but maybe not legally separated, um, if they're in a new relationship. So, you know, I suppose maybe if one's circumstances are a little more complicated, the will might be um, a little a little longer and a little more complicated. Um, or the other example, look, I suppose, if there's any listener fortunate enough to have a large estate, um, that will is likely to be, you know, longer, um, a little more complex, just to try and avail of tax relief so that, um, you know, there's different reliefs. There's, you know, agricultural re- relief, there's business relief. Uh, so to try and, and keep tax to a minimum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm just looking here, there's just a message coming in for you, Elaine, if that's OK, on 086-1800-658. They're just asking, what is the job of an execu- executor, executor of a will and can they get into trouble if they don't carry out their duty? Is that the solicitor or is that somebody different? No, so the executor, so when you make a will, you can uh, name a person who will, um, you know, manage um, the administration, make sure that everything is done properly. So, you know, um, you might appoint a child or a, a friend. And um, so generally then um, an executor, then they have a year um, to administer an estate. Now, it can often take longer than a year, in particular, maybe um, in these times. But um they would, um, you know, um, so they would generally instruct the solicitor. They would um, bring in details of accounts. They would um, liaise with the family. And I, and I think a lot of solicitors, you know, would say that if you have a really well-chosen executor, um, you know, if there are any little difficulties, the executor can sort it out. But maybe similarly, if you have an executor who maybe doesn't want to act or maybe who's difficult, you know, that's, can lead to difficulties um, also. Okay, so that's that's important to know. Just another quick kind of question. Again, we kind of touched on this and it might be maybe worth uh, ringing yourselves or a solicitor to get a bit more information on this one. But um, it's asking, can the solicitor's um, secretary witness your will when it's made and say if you own your own house but you're not divorced from your wife but you're separated for 20 years, are you entitled to contest that? So there's a couple of questions there. In terms of somebody witnessing, it, it's really the solicitor, isn't it? It's not like a secretary of the solicitor or how does that work? Uh, no, no, it can't. So, um, so for the execution of a will, this is set out um, in the Succession Act Section 78 of it. So Sinead, if you wanted to make a will, so you would sign it and you would sign it in the presence of two witnesses. Okay. It can actually be, like it could be, say you're making it here, it could be me and a colleague, but it actually could, you know, two neighbours, just as long, 
the witness or the yeah the witness to the will cannot benefit from the terms of the will. So if you wanted to say, look, Elena, I want to give you a thousand euro in my will, I couldn't witness the will then yes. or my spouse. Um, so that's the witness. And then, so the second part of that question, I think it's so the person owns their own house. Yeah, but they're divorced. Separated. Yeah, uh, they are divorced. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, if you're divorced... Oh, sorry, they're not divorced. Sorry, no, you're not, not divorced, but you're separated 20 years. Yes. So, it, yeah, so this is really important. Um, you c- Yeah, so if you're separated, you know, factually, but um, unless you've a legal separation in place or a divorce or some kind of forms of waiver, for the purposes of succession law, you're still married. Right. And if anything happens to you without a will your spouse, um, you know, will be entitled. Um, and in addition, even if you make a will, your spouse would still be a spouse for the purposes of the Succession Act and could claim a legal right share to your estate. So it's really important, I think, to get legal advice. So you probably need to speak to a family law solicitor um, for advice on that. Listen, a sound advice there, Elaine. Thank you so, so much for all of that information. People can get in touch with you guys. I have your number and reganmackenty.ie is the number. But thank you so, so much for joining me on the show today. Okay, thank you, Sinead. Take care. Thanks a million. Bye, bye, bye. Elaine Byrne there, some very, very good information. If you want more details from them, reganmackenty.ie, that's their website, or you can give them a call. They are on 046 943 1202.